on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gesslin along with Wendy Thomas and on today's show we'll do our best to wrap up this season and prepare you for the dreaded way too long, probably not long enough off season. It was a quick exit for the LA Galaxy and while most of us aren't surprised I know we're still disappointed, we'll recap the Seattle loss, take your calls and look to see whose future is in doubt with the team. Plus we'll hear from Bruce Arena in his exit interview as we contemplate all the rebuilding that may be necessary. Maybe the end of the season but training camp is just on the other side of the new year. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, and it all starts right now. You're listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I am your host, Josh Guessman. Joining me tonight is Wendy Thomas. We have some great stuff for you, a lot to talk about, a lot to get through. Um, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be, it's going might be a little long. There might be some tears involved. Um, you know, if it wasn't enough, Wendy, you know, Twitter went to the, the hearts today, and I, I just feel like my heart is broken. It feels like they're kind of kicking me while I'm down. I don't know if, if that was a good segue. Oh, Twitter was uh, alive with activity today with all kinds of LA Galaxy rumors, players going to other teams, coming back to the LA Galaxy. So I, I think even though we're out of the playoffs early, that before you know it, you know, we're going to be back in preseason and it's, it's just a blip. This is just a blip on the radar. This is this is nothing. If you're an LA Galaxy fan, hold in. Despite the fact the LA Galaxy finished, I think the second or, or the lowest basically since 2008 when they finished 14th in the league. Which, by the way, I think at that time was last in the league. Uh, 14th in the league for the LA Galaxy in 2008. They finished ninth overall in the league, which we talked about last. Um, you know, a very difficult difficult season for the LA Galaxy, especially coming down the stretch. Very, very bad coming down the stretch and uh, never gave us a lot of hope, really anything to hang our hats on as they moved to the playoffs. And it was kind of, the, I felt like the, the game against Seattle was pretty much just indicative, Wendy, of exactly what this LA Galaxy team have, has been doing the entire year. Yeah, I mean, there was a profound lack of balance, I would say, in the Seattle game. And I mean, I, I would say there was a point in the season when there was a lot of hope and people thought the momentum was moving towards the LA Galaxy. But as Bruce Arena pointed out in his exit interview over the last three games of this season, the, the Galaxy were the worst team in MLS. And, um, you know, that's something that a championship team cannot have as its mantle. It's, it's uh, very disheartening. And yet, you know, 
you got to look at the positives and say, listen, Bruce hasn't had this much time to revamp the LA Galaxy in the entire time that he served as the manager. So he's probably going to be thinking a lot about things that he's going to have to change. And I have every confidence that when the Galaxy come back next year, they're going to be rebuilt to be even better. I'm glad you feel that way. I think maybe I, I think <laughs> I maybe Bruce. Positive. I, I know you're trying to. Uh, I will be negative today. I think Bruce has too much time on his hands. I think even he, even though he he says that you know he's never had this much time, really. Um, you know, I don't think Bruce needs that much time, Wendy. Whenever you look at the fact that he's been able to win championship after championship without having these large breaks. But um, you know, for the LA Galaxy in the Seattle game, where we want to focus, just to remind you, I guess just to break your hearts all over again, if you've healed already, because there's been playoff games, a bunch of really great playoff games in between mm-hmm. uh, the LA Galaxy getting knocked out uh in seattle and um and 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 today and so and this is this is tough to hear again but ultimately the la galaxy should have won this game uh two to nothing and wendy it's it's indicative of the galaxy like i said at the beginning but it also came from a place where i know people have short memories and they want to say donovan ricketts has been this horrible all year um donovan ricketts had one of the worst games i've i've seen him have maybe ever and it only reminded me of Tommy Myers' performance against Orlando, um, and the score wasn't that bad. So this was not a good game for Donovan Ricketts. Really had a hand to play in each of the three goals that Seattle scored. The scoring started early. It started quick. I was ready. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was ready to give up after Clint Dempsey scored in the fifth minute, and that whole just mix-up between Omar Gonzalez and Donovan Ricketts um, that allowed Dempsey to score the first goal in the fifth. Um, but Well, you know, from a neutral's perspective, this game was actually probably very exciting because, uh, you know, while you were watching it, you were almost aghast at what was, you know, happening because there was goals on top of goals. And, you know, in the first half hour of the game, there was five goals and you're sitting there going, what is going on? Right. But as a Galaxy fan, it was so disheartening because it really appeared like we were committing defensive suicide. And it was Donovan Rickus definitely on the first goal. Um, that was, you know, he was just at fault for that. It was really poor keeping. With respect to the second goal, you would have to say more that Steven Gerrard failed to mark his man and that, you know, I mean, he was there yelling at Ricketts and Ricketts looked, it was seemed to be looking around like say, thinking to himself, I can't yell at Steven Gerrard now, can I? <laughs> but uh, it was Steven Gerrard's um, uh, error on that. I think he, you know, he just stopped marking his man and, you know, that opened it up for the goal. And, and unfortunately, Seattle uh, in the first half of the game was not, uh, you know, scoring goals by virtue of their offensive prowess so much as it was they were exploiting, you know, terrible mistakes in the part of the LA Galaxy. And that's something that's so unfortunate because, you know, historically, haven't we prided ourselves on having balance and, you know, being a team that played well together on all fronts. And that's just did not occur on the Seattle game. Well, and it hasn't occurred for quite a long time for this LA Galaxy team. I mean, you have to go back probably to the end of August, maybe uh, whenever I think New York City, whenever they really looked like they were clicking on all cylinders but it's been you know three distinctive groups between the the back line between that midfield and the strikers it just there has been no connection there has been no connection at all and it really it it sort of looked that way again and the guy the guys just weren't playing as as that team that you want to see that cohesive unit there was nothing there Steven Gerrard like you said not marking all the way Donovan Ricketts not coming out I mean Ricketts looked shell-shocked in this game for for most of the time I felt like every time he came out uh, he would almost lose the ball, and whenever he stayed back, they would almost score a goal. It's like he couldn't do 
anything right, and he was second guessing himself so much, and which is weird from really a veteran player. Um, and he hasn't been this bad all year, despite the, all your messages telling me that he has been this bad um, all year. So <laughs> I, I just, I, I, yeah, I, you were a big defender of Ricketts. I'm, I mean, I seemed to recall when he came in, you were like, oh, Ricketts, he's, you know, he's, he's fine. because he is a guy who has, he's had a career, a really storied, successful career in MLS. And yeah, he's 38 years old, but you think to yourself, yeah, he's got a few more games in him. But no, he has played his last game in MLS, I believe. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I, th- I think that's how it's going to come down. But I mean, you look at the Portland game. You know, which is really unfortunately, I, I I felt this way whenever I was there and watched Portland walk all over the LA Galaxy, the last home game for the LA Galaxy, that five to two loss. I felt that way at the time, and I feel this way again now. Was that I was like, I was like, this is going to be my last time seeing the LA Galaxy play in 2015, and it's going to be this horrible game. And tell me how many of those goals? Maybe one was possibly you know, Donovan Ricketts issue, but it really, it was all the goals that happened before that. Um, you know, which one of those goals was Donovan Ricketts fault? It was a defensive fault. Most of the goals that have happened have been midfield defensive uh, breakdowns and, and Ricketts has been left out. And you can't tell me that Hyman Pinedo being there would, would have saved everything. And we wouldn't have won a, a world, a, 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 an MLS cup just because Jaime Pinedo would have been back in there. No, this was, this no, was a, a goalkeeper team. is not going to do it. But I mean, uh, even I think Jaime Pinedo is better than Donovan Ricketts. Yeah. I know you and I don't always agree on that. But I do think he was substantively better than Donovan Ricketts. That being said, you're right. I mean, most of the goals that we've given up, we've been giving up because of a lack of defensive cohesion. And, and, you know, whether it's because uh, we have too many uh, weapons in the attack and there's too much energy, you know, being focused on, you know, attacking, you know, because we have Gio, we have Robbie, and I think Steven wants to get into the attack, and we have Legette on the wing, and we have Giassi, who's essentially a forward who's been converted to a winger for the purposes of playing for the LA Galaxy, and all this attacking energy. And, you know, you can't have a really balanced, successful team that doesn't defend. Yeah, and and that's sort of that's sort of the issue that you, that you that you get into with with the LA Galaxy here. Listen, I think some guys actually had some good games. I think that overall, Giovanni dos Santos had probably one of the better games that I've seen him play for the LA Galaxy. He was. Uh, very much, uh, you know, sort of a spark and a fire, and, and some and somebody who was really looking to uh, to spur the LA Galaxy on. Robbie Keane did everything I think that he could. He didn't score a goal. Um, that's not his fault. He didn't score a goal. Sebastian Legette and Jalcy Zardes both got goals. I don't think you would have called either one of them getting goals in this game, especially the way the LA Galaxy were going down the way. So. Um, I just, this game, you have to throw it out. Ultimately, the LA Galaxy had more possession. Not that that means anything. They had more shots. Not that that means anything. They were about the same on target, five on five, um, which with each of them. The LA Galaxy had four shots blocked by Seattle. Seattle played some good defense, but Seattle did not walk away with this game as far as they were the better team. They certainly had the home te- home crowd behind them. Um, I think they started great. The LA Galaxy gifted them uh, three goals for the most part, defensive issues on all three of the goals, whether it was goalkeeping or just the defensive back line. I mean, I don't know what else you want to say specifically about this game that really gets that, that makes any sense at this point it it's it's a good idea to remember that this the, the team we saw against Seattle was very i think much more in control Wendy um going forward offensively um and then it was shambles and defense but that's again stuff that we have seen a lot throughout the year the offense clicked a little bit better um and that's the good part the bad part was that everything else was just sort of in shambles i, I 
Not surprised. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. I think that Geo did look good, and I think that moving forward, that that's a bright prospect uh, that you know fans have to look forward to. Not only is he you know a fun, bringing phenomenal attention to the LA Galaxy because of the fan local fan base, but also you know he signed a multi year deal with the Galaxy, and I think he and Robbie up top could be really successful. Whether it he's as a ten or whether there's two forwards, it, it could be something that works really really well. And in the future, next season, you know that. Could could be, we could be talking about them being, you know, a dynamic duo in MLS. It's just we have to sort out these defensive issues and this whole transition between the midfield and the attacking third and the defensive third. It's There's definitely something lost in translation. Yeah, th- there is, and I think that that's going to be really what this offseason's about. The LA Galaxy, you know, will get a good break, a break they haven't had in quite a long time. In fact, the LA Galaxy have sort of averaged almost ten and a half months of soccer for quite a while here, uh, going deep into the playoffs or, or going to MLS Cup, you know, uh, three out of the last four years. Um, you know, that's a lot of soccer to be played. So I think there's some guys who could definitely do some work here as far as getting some rest and, and really um, starting to rejuvenate themselves and get ready for the uh, the CONCACAF Champions League that's going to come up at the uh, at the end of February. So, I mean, literally, you're looking at the LA Galaxy coming back into camp, training camp, on January 21st. That is right around the right about the day that you can expect everything to reconvene. So I mean, you look at it that way and you know, we're we're really just on this side of Thanksgiving and you got you got Christmas and New Year's and then basically you're into training camp again. I mean, it won't be long. So a lot of stuff has to happen in between there. A lot of people have to go, a lot of people have to come in. Um, it's going to be a little bit different team, I think, and I think Bruce is sort of alluding to this, that's going to look at this CONCACAF Champions League whenever you come into the uh, the end of February, but still, it's something to to keep an eye on, and it's certainly something that, that we'll keep an eye on as we go. I want to go ahead uh, and take a break. I want to make this first segment short because we are just talking about Seattle. Um, whenever we come back, we want to do some live calls. We want to, uh, we definitely want to get into some of the news and the rumors that are about. We want to talk about uh, Steven Gerrard and possibly Jaime Pinedo and all those fun things that are they're coming back as well. So uh, in order to do that, we need to take the break now. So that's what we're going to do. Real quick break. Whenever we get back, lots more to talk about right here on Corner of the Galaxy. Ready for some more Corner of the Galaxy? Don't forget to head over to the website for all the latest podcasts, news, and more. Visit us online at cornerofthegalaxy.com. Hey, this is Chris. This is Eddie. This is Jason. And we're from Back Pocket Memory, and you're listening to Corner of the Galaxy. Welcome back to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Josh Gessman, Wendy Thomas with you once again. Into our second segment now, you're listening to Back Pocket Memory has a new album coming out. Uh, it should be great. They're actually playing a show up in North Hollywood. If you go on our Facebook page, that's Corner of the Galaxy on Facebook. Uh, you can see all the information on November 21st, the gig that they'll be playing to sort of do this uh, 
this new album they have out. They're great guys. I'm actually thinking of actually making it because I think it's a Saturday. Uh, they're not playing on a Wednesday night for once. So, Wendy, if you're down, I'm down. Let's grab some people. We'll all go up. <laughs> listen to this band because, uh, quite honestly, they're amazing. I love them, and they let us use their music without suing us. So, I mean, after all that being said, they're, they're great guys. We should go. Absolutely. No, I actually really like the music that you play in the Corner of the Galaxy podcast. I cannot reconcile it with your passion for Taylor Swift. Well, if Taylor Swift would allow me to play her music on this podcast, it would be more Taylor Swift. But I do like this music. This is sort of my type of music. So if that if that means anything, I mean, to, to people, these it guys are It means that you have schizophrenic music taste. Of course I do. I think everybody does, right? I mean, you can enjoy oh, Bob Marley. I would Marley. never even disclose half the things that are on my iPod. It's like, too like shameful. The Spice Girls wannabe i know that's my go-to jam <laughs> i know how it works wendy you don't have to this is a safe place here we're fine uh a lot to talk about here with the la galaxy a lot of rumors surfacing um this is nothing surprising listen the end of the season came quickly we have some high profile players on this team um there's going to be rumors there's going to be anger there's going to be frustration there's going to be crazy british drunk people writing stories about Steven Gerrard doing things that he's probably never going to do. Um, we also will be able to hear from Bruce Arena and some exit interview stuff. I have 14 separate cuts of Bruce Arena. Uh, it encompasses over 12 minutes of pure Bruce Arena talk. I, oh, I love, I love, love, love peak Bruce. I it, hope you have some peak peak Bruce I tried to find the sound bites I'll be honest with you whenever the exit interviews are interesting you get to talk to everybody for a little bit longer time I unfortunately didn't get to make it all of this audio is courtesy of the LA Galaxy and LA Galaxy TV they were nice enough to send me the stuff so I could break this down and put it on the podcast so uh, if you ever wanted to uh, if you ever think that I'm at odds with the front office or, or they aren't nice to us here on the show they are extremely nice to us because they did not need to do that and, and send us all this stuff so I got a bunch of stuff to go through um, really there is some good Bruce stuff there's some there's some good summations of the of the season and what happened. Uh, there's sort of some some interesting things too. I want to start with Bruce Arena talking about uh, Steven Gerrard and Robbie Keane going on loan. This is mostly a question and then Bruce's answer, but I think you understand why I included this. So here's Bruce talking about Steven Gerrard and Robbie Keane going on loan. Is it possible that he or Robbie could go off on loan to uh, to no. No. Okay. So, see, there we go. We start with good Bruce. Nice long. So, Steven Gerrard, Robbie Keane not going off on loan. So, that brings us then, Wendy, to our first sort of uh, big hubbub that everybody's talking about. And Steven Gerrard talking. There's there's rumors now that he's going rumors, back to Liverpool. Rumors, oh, my goodness. Yes. He's going back to Liverpool, Wendy. Aren't you, aren't you scared? Well, this is a story that was circulated in The Independent, and then it was picked up by The Guardian. And it made uh, a big splash on Twitter today, which was there was a report due to an interview that Stephen Gerrard had given and had been published on LAGalaxy.com yep. uh, in which uh, Stephen Gerrard had been commenting about all the unanticipated uh, conditions which he had encountered in playing in MLS, including things like heat and humidity and elevation and travel and pitches not being you know, immaculate. And so then there was an article that Jurgen Klopp had contacted him about working uh, at the front office or even possibly in a playing role for Liverpool. And then that just let loose a whole, like, drama on Twitter. And, oh, my goodness, people were up in arms. And I don't know about you, Josh. My spider sense tells me that this is probably some Sturm and Drang and that there's not actually a lot of truth to it and that, in fact, he's probably going to be going back to Liverpool to train train and not be actually joining the team no 
say it isn't so. It's just training. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I suspect. Hey, hey, Liverpool, but... here's the deal, Liverpool. All right, If you want Steven Gerrard, we got a deal for you. You can have him yeah. for just $3 million. $3 million, he is all yours. You can take him. You don't get him on loan. You have to buy him because I don't want him after the loan. All right? And and you have to keep him, and he can't come back, and, and that's just what it is. And then we get to talk about how MLS was too hard for Steven Gerrard because that is what the narrative will be if he if he went that direction. Now, having said that, Wendy, he's not going that direction. I don't see that happening. This is all, um, you know, just some fun, good old-fashioned British tabloid news that's going on, and I certainly think you're right. He's going to train. Um, that makes perfect sense for him. He's going to go home after all of this, especially being he said that, you know, he's he spent a lot of time away from home. I want to read the quote that Steven Gerrard said that I know everybody has read, but I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to put this in the context of Bruce Arena afterwards, so I want you guys to follow me. So here is Steven Gerrard on uh, not being aware, really, of the challenges of Major League Soccer, and this is from LA Galaxy Insider, uh, his interview with Steven Gerrard and, and talking to him. So here it is. Uh, quote, going on the road, playing on turf, playing at altitude, playing in humidity, those are the hurdles that I've had to face over the last three months that I wasn't aware of. Every away game has a different challenge. At home, we've got no problems because we're very strong and we play well. We'll always win more than we lose. For us to move forward next year and finish in the top spots and avoid games like Seattle, we've got to be better defensively and stop conceding set pieces and crosses. All right, there's Steven Gerrard saying he wasn't aware of some of those things. Okay, that's fine, Steven, if you if you want to say that. But here is, and it's it's going to take me, let's see if I can I can find the exact one because this is this is interesting. Um, just sort of how Bruce Arena also looks at the uh, the great equalizer, as I've as I've called it. So here is Bruce Arena in his exit interview, kind of going along the same lines. See, I, I think the 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 great equalizer in this league is the scheduling and and mm. the turf fields and the altitude, and it's a, it's a it really kind of that's the parody in the league. You know, it's you fun. You know, if if we're going to go through a season where teams play extended periods without their best players, then everything's just it's right back into a crapshoot, and that's kind of what it is. So the uh, it's survival of the fittest in a, in a regular season. Who survives? Who gets in the playoffs and then who can get on a run? So there. Okay. So now that I've put those back to back, Wendy, do you feel like Stephen Gerrard was whining less whenever you hear what Bruce Arena said? Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that he's whining in the sense that um, some people interpreted it. I think that there is one thing that I think about a lot is why some players succeed as designated players in MLS and others do not, despite the fact they all have excellent track records in Europe. And one of the things that always uh, comes back to me is how um, Robbie Keane, when he he left Ireland at the age of 15, and he was very nomadic in his career in Europe, he played for a dozen different clubs. He played in Italy. He played, you know, for for Inter, for Coventry City, for Spurs, for Liverpool, for Aston Villa, for Wolves. He he was someone who bounced around. And in his interview with the Guardian that I sent to you, right. Um, he, he commented on how, you know, Ireland is his home. He left at 15 and, you know, when he came to MLS, his attitude was one of, you know, I'm forgetting what, whatever's in the past is in the past. I'm looking for, you know, ahead of me. And he is an extremely adaptive player in that sense. He sort of embraces change. Similarly, Didier Drogba, who only recently joined MLS and has had a great um, impact with the Montreal Impact. Ha ha. Um, ha ha ha. Uh, 
you know, he's, he played in China and he, you know, has played, he played for the Ivory Coast national team for many years where he experienced a lot of the conditions that Stephen is commenting on. And there's a criticism that's levied a lot against English players who spend their careers in the Premier League that they are profoundly insular because they're so catered to in terms of the fact that England only has one time zone. It basically has one single climate. There's very little travel. Every pitch is perfectly, you know, is perfectly maintained. There's it's incredible uniformity. Right. There's no elevation in England. And one of the things that makes me think about how how shocking this whole experience must have been for Steven Gerrard is for someone who has never been outside of his hometown to come to a huge country with all the physical demands. I think that a lot of players expect that their talent, and Gerrard is an incredible talent, that their talent can carry them in this league. But Bruce Arena is correct. There's so many hurdles that the league puts in front of players to force parity down our throats that it's almost impossible for talent to find success without a person also being profoundly adaptive. And I don't know how adaptive someone can be when they've played their entire life for one team in one town in one country. Yeah, it was something that I think people brought up beforehand, before Steven Gerrard came, was whether or not he was going to be able to adapt. And listen, I'm not one who thinks that this experiment is over. I do think that we saw that Steven Gerrard is 35 years old, Wendy, and that he he may not have the legs to play the type of game that he thought he was going to be able to play in Major League Soccer. And maybe that means that he can only play 60 minutes, and maybe that means that he's going to have to come off the bench, or maybe he comes into that. I mean, there's things to do. And as a designated player, that's not necessarily something you want to do. But whenever you're looking at his success on the field uh for la galaxy fans that's what you're looking for you want to see on the field stuff but off the field he's been hugely successful for the la galaxy as far as you know the jersey sales and and bringing people into the stadium and regardless if you want to dismiss that or not that's still part of the equation so he's been 50 percent successful with what he's been trying to do unfortunately the on the field stuff the 50 percent that we all really care about and that what that makes this team better uh has has failed so far and that's fine i mean that that happens. Even even David Beckham had time, needed time to adjust. Uh, Robbie Keane scored three goals in his first, I think, eight games for the LA Galaxy. I think Steven Gerrard got 12 games and scored two goals, I believe, or, or one goal and one assist. I mean, whenever you look at that, it's that Robbie Keane, you know, did eventually figure out how to adjust and, and work into the system, and he was able to do that faster than what looks like Steven Gerrard's going to do it. Now, having said that, with the time off, Wendy... Um, Steven Gerrard's going to get an actual break this time. Uh, yeah, he's going to get an actual break, and he'll be able to rest those legs. And I'm not writing Steven Gerrard off because no. if there's anything, you know, I, I'm sure this has been, like, very, very difficult. And yet he has he has plugged through it. You know, he played in Houston in August in the summer, which is no, no doubt a miserable experience for someone who has spent his entire career in England. He right. did do the travel. He did play away. I don't think he's someone who's cowed by a challenge or backing away from it. I just think he's taken aback by just how difficult it is because, and it's not a test of his merits as a player at all. It's not an indication of his quality as a player. It is a, it is a brutal, just physical, challenge and it's something that I don't think that he is going to back down from I just think that he's a little surprised by it and I think that next year if we give Bruce time to revamp 
that, I mean, Bruce did say in his interview, he said, you know, we had, we normally you don't plan on having two mid-season DP replacements, which we did have this year, which is very unusual. But when they got the opportunity to get Geo, they had to take it. And, and of course they had to take it. I mean, for what he brings to this team, it's phenomenal. And so it just means that we went through this. We're going through this really awkward rebuilding transition phase where we have these two DPs we're trying to incorporate and get them accustomed to MLS. And it's, I think it's just, it's a lot, and especially a lot for Steven Gerrard, but I don't think that his story in MLS is over. I think that he just needs to challenge himself to, you know, see what else, you know, he's capable of. Right, right. And uh, because you led me so nicely into talking about Gio coming in, the opportunity they had to take, here's Bruce Arena in his exit of an interview talking about Gio, Giovanni Dos Santos. Yeah, but it's an opportunity you have to, to present itself that you got you to gotta take, you know. We had a chance to get Giovanni Dos Santos. Gio is late, you know, obviously Stevie was well in advance, but Gio is late, and when the opportunity presented itself, we had to take it. There you go. So that was uh, that was simple. It was uh, it was perfect. That's good, Bruce. We like it. That's how it goes. Let's move on away from Steven Gerrard and his not going to happen loan to Liverpool, and he's just going to go train, and everybody can just chill out and relax. Although for some people, I, I know Wendy, they're they're upset that Liverpool aren't, aren't, haven't asked him to come back yet, um, which I understand as well. I'll be honest with you, wouldn't hurt my feelings if they took him back. <laughs> I get so many mixed messages from Liverpool fans because, especially on Twitter, when like they hijack the, tw- the MLS Twitter feeds, and I get the feeling like they're very, on the one hand, they're bitterly resentful of the fact that we, you know, hired Steven Gerrard, and at the same time, they're really happy that he's continuing his career, but at the same time, they really wish that Fenway Sports Group had kept him as a manager, and there's just no end to the incredible, um, the nuances to English football culture, which I probably will never fully understand. And and there's no point, no point in really trying. It's just, it, it's interesting <laughs> to me that, um, that they want him back so bad. And I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think too many galaxy fans would see him going back as this horrible thing. It would open up a designated player spot that the LA galaxy could use to go after somebody else. And sometimes I'll be honest with you. I would rather there be an open designated player spot than to try to force him to do something he doesn't want to do. But I have a feeling his pride is too much. He's coming back and he will be better. And that's, that's going to be good. Now, is he going to be 34 games good? Is he going to be, you know, CCL, U.S. Open Cup, um, you know, all the way through Colorado and Utah and Houston and, you know, Columbus good? I, that's going to be sort of the question, and we'll see how it goes. Let's go move on to some other players. Um, first of all, I, Wendy, before we go even further, I forgot. Jose wanted me to point this out um, on Twitter. He hit us up at Galaxy Podcast, and he said, you know, let's remember why the LA Galaxy actually lost to Seattle. And two of his reasons, one, uh, was because you correctly predicted the score of 3-2 to two, uh, for <laughs> I did, Seattle. I did pre- correctly predict the score. And, and his second reason was that you that you also like Clint Dempsey, and that's the, that's I the like other I like Clint reason. Dempsey for the national team. That doesn't right. curse the I, Galaxy. Just, when, he, when we're playing the, the Sounders, I root against him. But, I'm, I mean... You know, that's not my it's not my fault. I correctly, you know, I correctly predicted the score, but you know, I don't do that that often. Right. Okay, that's fine. Hey, I'm not I'm not judging. I'm not I'm not a witch. I'm just yeah, we'll see about that. All right. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Here we go. Other players that you need to keep an eye on. We're going to go through some names here. We want to talk about some players that aren't going to be here. You can hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think of players. Who is your first person that's not coming back? Who are you worried that might not come back and sort of some of the rumors that we have here is what we know right now. AJ Delagarza will have hernia surgery 
which I think a lot of people knew he was hurting throughout this year. I don't think anybody knew he was suffering, you know, sort of from this hernia problem, um, and it has been bothering him for five months, but sort of pending some Guam national team duty, and he said that if delaying the surgery to play for Guam uh, would jeopardize him for the CCL, then he wouldn't play for Guam and he would do what he needed to do. So I think AJ's doing what he needs to do. He's going to get healthy. That's good because you need a healthy AJ De La Garza, which is one of the reasons that I think he wasn't up to par this year. You could see it, Wendy. He struggled a lot with with just trying to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think next year he'll be back. He'll be better. All right, so we move on. How about let's go to Juninho. Listen, uh, in an article written by Kevin Baxter of the LA Times, who's been on this show uh, many times as a good friend of uh, mine, he said that Juninho is listening to offers from Europe and the Middle East. He says uh, that his agent, Juninho's agent, uh, is ha- has sort of been quoted as saying that Juninho is sort of tired of living in the shadow of all these other midfielders, and he wants to go establish himself as well. Now, for my money... Juninho is not living under anybody's shadow. In fact, I think it just says more that he was able to play alongside of people like David Beckham, like Marcelo Sarvas, who we always said was so good, and now Steven Gerrard. And we've always sort of looked at Juninho and said, you know what? This, this, is, this is good. This is, this is exactly what you want to see uh, from this player. He's been excellent, and we'd like to keep him forever. I mean, ultimately, Juninho retires as an LA Galaxy player in my mind. Yeah, I mean, that would be my hope. I hope I hope this is just a rumor. I hope this is just a ploy by his agent to get more money from the Galaxy or something like that because I Juninho is one of my favorite players and I do not want him to go. And so, I, you know, Juninho, if you're listening to this, please don't leave. <laughs> Juninho, you, you must stay because Wendy says <laughs> please so. Please don't leave. All right, so Nora says, hey, morons. She didn't, she didn't say the morons. I added that. Nora says, hey, morons. Uh, wrong player, get Omar out. Well, Omar Gonzalez does have some issues here. We've talked about the targeted allocation money that was used to keep him. Now, Kevin Baxter says in his article that perhaps Major League Soccer is looking at increasing some cash to some of the teams, and if that's the case, perhaps they can keep Omar Gonzalez and do what they need to do. Would you want to keep Omar Gonzalez or the rumor that's being floated around right now, and Scott French even said, talked about this rumor, uh, and if Scott French talks about a rumor, it's, it's one of those solid rumors. It's not just pure BS, all right? Scott doesn't do that. Um, he would only talk about a rumor that he, he sort of knows something about. So uh, he says that the rumor is that Omar Gonzalez could go away, and there's a possible trade with Dallas, Omar Gonzalez's hometown, um, and the trade would be Omar Gonzalez for one Dan Kennedy, which would get us a goalkeeper, who the LA Galaxy have had their their eye on since the Chivas USA days. So that's that that's interesting, right? I mean, that's something you have to consider. Yeah. I mean, Omar is in an interesting situation because I don't think there's any team in MLS that's going to pay him what the Galaxy is currently paying him. But at the current salary cap, we also can't afford to pay him what we're paying him. So that means he either either MLS needs to increase what it gives to the teams or Omar has to find a trade Dallas being the obvious choice since he's from Dallas and we need a goalkeeper or the other possibility I think could be Liga MX. He, you know, is of Latino descent. Uh, He does speak Spanish, I believe. And so he could uh, play, he could play, not well, he could play in Mexico. But the thing is, I mean, with I know that historically he has had some interest in Europe. I don't know if that has dried up. I remember there was a rumor that last year Leicester had looked at him. Um, But the thing is that he doesn't have a European passport. And so because of the 
you know, rules in, in Europe, getting to Europe without a passport is extremely difficult, which means he's basically limited to Liga MX or MLS, and no one's going to pay him what he's getting at the LA Galaxy because it's a really expensive contract that we're on. And I don't think that Omar, I mean, he's he's not going to be happy about taking a pay cut, but of all the defensive players, our, our back four, the one who I think is most likely to go is Omar Gonzalez because of this whole issue of, how expensive his contract is, how he's fallen off in terms of his play, he's not maxing out his potential, and in terms of, you know, the fact that, you know, he's he's not being consistent. Even though he's capable of really performing well, he doesn't do it consistently. I mean, you'd have to think that if he goes to Dallas, he plays out of his mind and that they... Right, they, just, to, just right. to just show what he's capable Be- of. He because, steps up his game. Because I think him motivated is he can be really good whenever he's motivated. Oh, so yeah, I would when certainly... Omar's motivated, he can be a rock star. Right, right, but he, he just hasn't been for the LA Galaxy. I want to touch on something Bruce said in his exit interview about the salary cap and trying to keep players, and that will help us continue this conversation. So here's Bruce Arena in his exit interview. No, but the, the other part, like in all modern professional you know, and it all... You know, it, it all varies according to the leagues, but you know, the uh, there are economic issues. Now, this salary cap, our salary cap is as bizarre as it is in any league in the world, and it makes it real difficult uh, to maintain a team. Because so, guys deserve raises, and you can't keep them. Oh, you just don't have enough money. You know, for all you read and the stuff about all the money available bringing the players, we have a five percent increase in our salary cap. That's very low as it is. And that's uh, you know you need to you need to be an engineer to figure that out. Is that going to make it hard to keep guys like a Jossie? You know, track it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to keep our roster. All right, so see we we this is this is where it gets fun. Wendy, we get we get to go crazy with some of this stuff because he's talking about Jossie's artist. Adam Serrano asked the question: Is this going to make it difficult for you to keep Jossie's artist? We know Jossie is a homegrown player and that he right. doesn't hit the doesn't, salary doesn't cap. Count. It doesn't but count. Does he sit the, hit the salary cap? See, this is the problem with MLS rules. In it, it doesn't say that a homegrown player's status ever expires, but it very no. well could. It could. We just don't well, know the rules. If MLS tells us that it does, then it will, but it hasn't told us that, so, that so it doesn't. So so anyway, I think I think it's interesting to sort of keep your head on a swivel with stuff like this. Jossi Zardes also seems to be garnering a lot of interest, obviously playing for the U.S. Men's National Team. You could lose Jossi Zardes this season as well. So there's another player to keep an You're eye on. You're talking about all my favorite players That's, leaving. This is interesting. I, I will tell you the one thing. Um, in Kevin Baxter's article in the LA Times, he says that Donovan Ricketts' option will not be renewed. So the LA Galaxy are looking for a new goalkeeper. Um, who is anybody guess? We talked about one, Dan Kennedy, with the trade for Omar Gonzalez. Let's talk about our favorite person to say, hey, he would have saved that. In fact, that's his new hashtag. He would have saved that. Jaime Pinedo could possibly come back to the LA Galaxy. Both Bruce Arena and Jaime Pinedo's agent have said that they are both up to talking again. That's about as far as it goes. But Jaime Pinedo could come back, and if Jaime Pinedo comes back, do you want him back, Wendy, or do you, or, or does he raise too many red flags for you? Because for me, I'm a little nervous inviting no. him back. 
I know. I really liked Jaime Pinedo as our goalkeeper. I thought he did such a good job for us. And I know you don't like his footwork, and his footwork isn't the best, but he did have some excellent games for the LA Galaxy. And I guess the whole thing is, it was so peculiar how he left. I mean, I remember Panama had a very bad um, experience at the Gold Cup, and he was embittered by that. And I don't know if it was he had, you know, and I know that he wanted to have a longer contract with the Galaxy and didn't know why they had to be renewed every year and I don't know he he did get a raise last year so you would think that you know he, he was okay with at least well, the money somewhat but well, it was so peculiar how he left well you'll remember that that at the beginning of the year remember when he didn't start the first I think first first game or second Five games game or something yeah, like that, it, was, yeah. it was only like one or two and then he came back yeah. and Brian Rowe played or, or however that was but we were told that it was a visa issue and I actually think this was a contract issue I believe that he renegotiated his contract before the season started that's what the delay was um, and then he wasn't happy with that contract and wanted to rene- renegotiate again this is where I have the biggest problem I understand in Major League Soccer players have very little leverage and that by me siding with the front office and Bruce Arena for saying no you don't get to renegotiate in the middle of the year and then then splitting i understand that puts me sort of on the bad side of things but if you're a coach like bruce arena or a general manager like bruce arena you can't allow a player to do that in the middle of the season like that it 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 opens it up to other players doing that and then you having to always you know be able to be reactionary for that and in this case it forces the la galaxy to go out and get somebody like donovan ricketts um and really sort of through it was just another thing that happened this year that just did not help the team gel and, and moved it so i'm I'm interested. I think the players would be fine with Jaime Pinedo coming back because I think they see it as a business, Wendy. I think the fans, me especially, would have more of an issue uh, with Jaime Pinedo coming back. Although I certainly agree. If you look over the history of LA Galaxy keepers since 2009 with with Donovan Ricketts coming on, and then we're going to ignore Donovan Ricketts this season. But if you look at that, Jaime Pinedo is the second best keeper the LA Galaxy have had in terms of goals against average uh, with a 1.09 goals against average. So that's fine. Donovan Ricketts was 0.9 whenever he was first with the LA Galaxy. So I would just like to say that that validates my statement that Donovan Ricketts, whenever he first came to the LA Galaxy, was one of the best keepers that I've seen personally. Okay. I know. So. I mean, I think you're, I think you're, you have make a really valid point though, with respect to a team and a coach, you know, you can't be allow a player to hold the team for ransom and you can't have a goalkeeper who's going rogue and deciding that, you know, I'm going to hold out in my contract until they allow me to renegotiate mid season. I mean, that's, it's an untenable situation if you're trying to pull together a front office and preventing mutiny within the locker room. And so I understand the front office's perspective. It's just, I just, I did like Jaime Pinedo and, and I, I don't know if I was in Bruce's position, I might not let him back for that very reason that you can't afford to give up control of the lock over the locker room. You know, when I, whenever a player wants to renegotiate his contract at the same time, Oh my God! That game against Seattle with Donovan Ricketts and goal was painful. Yeah, no, I, I, I know I there was a lot that. of Galaxy fans sitting there just thinking, "Ah, oh, we just had a goalkeeper right now." Yeah, I mean, ultimately the LA Galaxy could be through and and, and facing a team like FC Dallas, uh, who they've had more success uh, with than you know, say Seattle. It, it just looked like it, it was Seattle's time. I mean, listen, the only thing that we can all pray and hope and you know, con- honestly, go visit the soccer gods, sacrifice, um, you know, whatever you need to. Your your Landon Donovan jerseys, uh, you know your your Pele balls. I mean, you could do that because he signed everything. But you just sacrifice something to the soccer gods. So that way, Seattle doesn't win an MLS Cup. Because God, the snarkiness 
we will not be Come able on, to Dallas. handle it. Come on, Dallas. That's Let's what, do it. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in saying that uh, you, you can pick another team to sort of enjoy um, as you go through this. I've actually been enjoying watching all these games as sort of a neutral. Let's talk. Let's get Wendy, your blood pressure raised just a little bit higher now whenever I tell you that Sebastian Legette is also one of the players <sighs> no! that could possibly not be on this season anymore. <laughs> I know. This is see. This is this is why he apparently is having some offers from Europe, which of course he should have some offers from Europe. He played great. Now I think it behooves him to stay with the LA Galaxy and see what he can do over thirty-four games and sort of understanding. He needs to develop into a professional. He's not there yet, just in terms of his conditioning and playing all the time and understanding what it means to play a full season. I would like to see him stay. And the LA Galaxy, I believe, have an option on his contract, so they would actually have to let him go in order not to take that option on the contract, which means, more than likely, same thing with Juninho. Those guys aren't going anywhere. So I, I'll You know, a lot it. of times when you hear rumors about people having interest in Europe, and I'm not saying he doesn't have interest in Europe because I'm sure he does, it's that they're at a point where they're renegotiating their contract and their agent is planting rumors in order to increase their salary. And I'm sure that he is going to get a bump if he signs, for example, I know they have an option on his contract, but he could sign an extension with a raise. And so I'm hoping, since he's basically only been a professional player for six months, Mm -hmm. that he's not planning on returning to Europe just yet, particularly when this is someone who spent five years in the West Ham Academy, and he realizes just how precarious those uh, situations can be with respect to not getting first team minutes and, you know, the caprice of having a coach who can decide on a whim that he just doesn't care for you. He's now in a team where he know he's he knows he is going to get first team minutes and he's playing for a coach who has some faith in him now who you know he's earned his trust and so I think Sebastian that you should stay with the LA Galaxy and sign an extension on your contract and so I'm going to cross my fingers that he's not going to leave because I love Sebastian Legette. He he's you know he's a real spark he's he provides a lot of energy I think going for whenever he was playing well I I always have this theory that it's always that that player that you you can't expect so it's always somebody outside the designated player who sort of spurs the team on and for me whenever right, Sebastian Mike McGee It is the Mike McGee theory and so Sebastian Legette was our Mike McGee and whenever he sort of stopped scoring and stopped doing stuff. That's when this team, um, you know, struggled more to create offense. So it's it'll be interesting to see how he recovers, gets an offseason, comes back. I do expect him to come back. I expect Juninho to come back. Uh, Donovan Ricketts is gone. We know that. Omar Gonzalez is completely up in the air, and I say that 100% 50-50. But AJ's back. AJ's AJ back, is right? back. There's no issues with that. I think Juninho, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better. Yeah, I know. Okay, so now there's a possibility that Mike McGee might be available from Chicago if you want to talk about rumors. <laughs> this is the weirdest rumor. Right? And it's like, okay, okay why why would I want... Listen, ever since... the, the the LA Galaxy got screwed on the Robbie Rogers deal for one year after the LA Galaxy released uh, or, or were traded Mike McGee to Chicago. He went on to win the MVP. That was the year that they sort of got screwed on it, and that was it. Everything after that has sort of been in the favor of the LA Galaxy, regardless of sort of how Robbie Rogers has played. Mike McGee has been injured, so we've been the, the LA Galaxy have been doing very good on making sure that they got the best of the Mike McGee deal. I don't know why you would bring him back except to say one thing, and somebody said this, and I was like, you know, unless you've been around this team enough, Wendy, then you don't understand the statement when you say Bruce loves his veterans, and that is a reason that Mike McGee could come back. I mean, he could pull an Edson Buttle, who I don't expect to be back. So Edson Buttle not coming back. um, You know, who else do we say is 
totally not coming back. We we're, I think I think the players who are the likely candidates, obviously Todd Donovan has retired. So yeah, that easy. opens yep. and he was actually these are all sort of high priced earners. Uh Todd Donovan, I would say, is probably, you know, obviously he's retired. Uh Donovan Ricketts, his contract's not being picked up. I think that Edson Buttle will be leaving. My expectation is that Mika Varanen will not be returning. Right. Um there's obviously there's outs guys who are kind of like maybe, you know, you could see maybe Kenny Walker. He maybe makes he doesn't make Dan any money. Gargan. It's like it's, it's so whenever you go into like the Kenny Walkers or the Rafael Garcia's and that type of thing, they don't make any money. I mean, it's hard right, to it doesn't say. Make enough, it doesn't be, make a big enough impact. But I mean, Mika Varanen was earning $200,000 yes. a year. Uh, so was Donovan Ricketts. Yeah, but we weren't paying most of his salary, so you can kind of throw no. that out, right? No, that I was know. mostly I, Portland I mean, and Bell Orlando. Had 100. I yeah. mean, so it, it, it does add up. No, it does. It does. You're right. And so whenever you see that, you say, hey, it's not so bad. But remember, we're losing sort of the allocation money that we've had uh, because there was no CCL for this next year. We're still in the CCL tournament and going to the knockout round does get us some cash, but it's not like you got a whole bunch of cash for also making the next CCL tournament, which is what the LA Galaxy have sort of been able to keep their team, and one of the reasons they've been able to do it. Remember, last time in 2013, they weren't able to uh, qualify for CCL and and, and do this. Um, they ended up losing somebody like Sean Franklin. So I think you have to expect that one or two of these key components to the LA Galaxy could be gone. It could just be one with like Omar Gonzalez going, but I think you're going to see somebody get sacrificed for the salary cap. You heard Bruce Arena. It's hard, and I certainly believe that it's hard to do, um, and it's going to be hard to keep this team together. But having said that, I think there's some people you can you can jettison, um, and with some people retiring and with that, you know, Wendy, you can pick up some salaries here, and you could get some good players for $200,000 in the league. So, I mean, there's a chance here that you could give some people some raises and pick up some people as well that can have an actual impact on this LA Galaxy team. So I'm, I'm hopeful for that. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that we're sort of just screaming about uh, that needs to go um, that we haven't talked about. I don't think there's anybody really that comes off. Listen, Robbie Keane's going to be back. Uh, this could be the last year for Robbie Keane. Why? I, it could, I mean, he's old. No, he's scoring more goals every single year. If his goals keep going up, then why do we, why do we need to ever get uh, rid of him? Eventually, this has to stop, though, right? <laughs> I mean, he it he's going from like nine goals, then to eleven goals, then sixteen goals, then nineteen goals, goals, now, now 20. twenty goals. I know. I mean, he was injured for two months. Next year, it could be twenty-five goals. We don't know. We don't know, but I, I just feel like eventually this this ride has to end. I mean, you can't right. you can't keep hitting red on the roulette table. All right, it's not going to keep being red every time. All right, eventually it's going to be black eventually you're going to lose your money but i mean this is you're definitely looking at the end i think for steven gerrard uh his last season you're looking at the end for you know somebody like probably a robbie king maybe only one or two more years left i mean the window on the la galaxy capitalizing on the awesomeness and the just the majestic being that is robbie Keane is starting to close <laughs> so i mean this is this You're is something such a bummer, Josh. I, I'm just telling you have to put all this stuff into perspective because you can't just sit and just expect this team to just continue to do well. You have well, one to... of the reasons that the Galaxy has been successful over the past five years is because it's always had the same spine of players. I mean, that's the thing right. that people say about NYCFC is that they're trying to build a team based on star power, and you can't do that in MLS. No, you can only you know Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane are brilliant players, but they were brilliant players within a team. They just happened to be designated players, and one. One of the reasons why you know the LA Galaxy has been successful is because it has that core and you're talking about jettisoning part of the core and so I'm concerned you know I mean losing you know Buttle and Baronin and Ricketts and like that's 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 all fine and I think that's going to open up enough under the cap that the CCL money is going to be it's going to be okay 
with respect to Omar, I don't know how we can actually afford to pay him. I mean, and I don't think we're going to be able to get enough allocation money or TAM in order to be able to fund his contract when it renews next August. Yeah. But that's something for Bruce to sort out. But I mean, if we can keep together Robbie Keane, who I see no signs of slowing down, so I'm not going to concede that he's, you know, only hasn't one more, one or two more years. Right. Um, if we can keep Robbie Keane, AJ, Juninho, um, you know, uh, Robbie Rogers, uh, Gio, Legette, Zardis, that's enough of a core. That's that's a good enough core. If we just keep those guys, then we can build the rest. Yeah, and, and so I think that's what you're going to look for is, is sort of Bruce, uh, you know, augmenting some of this roster. Uh, he's going to have to cut some loose. He's going to replace it with people that he thinks can make it better. I would like to see this team get a little bit... Uh, go with some more youth and give some guys some chances, although I don't want it to turn into 2013 when the LA Galaxy had to play a lot of youth players. I think there's still a good balance there. I think the LA Galaxy can do it. I think the LA Galaxy are good enough to be... Uh, you know, definitely a playoff team next year. And then after that, let's see what else that happens because there's going to be a lot of moving pieces here. But I mean, you know, FC Dallas, I think is going to be good again next year. If you're looking at somebody in the Western Conference, you're going to have to keep an eye on. I think Seattle's going to be good again next year. The t- this league is getting better. Everybody is catching up to the LA Galaxy for the most part, this year especially. But, you know, 2013 was a down year too. It, it is what it is. Uh, you can't win them all. It's, in- it's really hard to win back-to-backs. And so the LA Galaxy, quite honestly, will probably have more motivation next year. And I expect people like Omar Gonzalez if he comes back to have more motivation, like Steven Gerrard to have more motivation. I expect these guys who weren't there, who didn't win a championship, like Sebastian Legette, to be motivated and understand what it means to be a professional player now and, and do that. So that's sort of where we stand with the LA Galaxy as we go. Listen, there's no... Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Wendy, because I seriously, there's been so much news. There's no expansion draft this year because there's no teams coming in next year. It's the no year after. No expansion draft. We have Atlanta in 2017. Right. So none, that, none for them. Yeah, so we don't have to worry about that, which is good. So that's fine. Um, you're going to have some drafts, some supplemental drafts, and all sorts of stuff. I think you're going to have some free agency this year, which is going to be interesting. Some players might actually have free agency, so we'll keep an eye on that. I think Todd Donovan was eligible for free agency, but he retired, so <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to work. Um, but there, there might be some free agency. You're going to have the super draft, which really for the LA Galaxy hasn't you know produced anything ridiculously awesome. Nacho Maganto last year. Um, remember, Jossie's artist didn't even go in that draft because he was a homegrown player. So sort of some things to keep it, keep an eye on. All right, lots of stuff going on. LA Galaxy two news. I know that's what you were thinking. Hey, Josh, why don't you talk about some LA Galaxy two now that you've made me cry for most of this episode and now you're making me feel bad? <laughs> well, I do want to tell you that there is some movements for some LA Galaxy two players as well. Now, nothing is official. I reached out to the LA Galaxy uh, earlier this week and asked them about one of these players. Players. Uh, Andre Ara seems to be on the move, um, no longer with LA Galaxy 2. Nothing official has taken place yet. Um, whenever it does come down, they said that they would notify me if anything has happened. It also looks like Brian Oliveira, who was, a I believe, a midseason uh, um, player for LA Galaxy 2, also looks like he's moving on as well. All that stuff unofficial, but it's stuff to keep an eye on as you look at some of these LA Galaxy 2 players and whether or not they're coming up to the senior team and all sorts of fun stuff. But if we're going to talk goalkeepers, Wendy, then I want to talk about uh, the LA Galaxy Academy's uh, U-17 uh, World Cup goalkeeper who's playing for Mexico right now, Abraham Romero, has been playing great, garnering lots of attention. Now, remember, he's an academy player, 
which means that if the LA Galaxy want to homegrown him, they can homegrown him. He's I think he's only 17. He's he's just under 17, so the Yeah, he's just a puppy. Yeah, so he's young, um but it's something that I think is going to be difficult for them to do. Everybody wants him. Everybody says, "Hey, get him on the team." And as a homegrown, just under 17 years old, it would be interesting, but you're also taking up a senior roster spot. Remember, you still only get like 28 or 29 roster spots, 28 I think. Uh right now you only get 28 for him to use, so it would be interesting to see. It would be great if you could bring him to LA Galaxy 2. And have him sign a professional contract and keep yeah, him there. Yeah, that's what we should do. We should bring him to Los Dos. Because actually, you know, the Galaxy have two under-17 World Cup goalkeepers. Because so. Eric Lopez pay, plays for the U-17 um, national team for the United States. And Abraham Romero plays for the U-17 for El Tri. And so the Galaxy could ostensibly have in Los Dos two under-17 World Cup what, which you, goalkeeping which you prospects. Pro- which you in, probably can't have. I mean, that's the, it's just not going to work. Listen, as an academy player, the LA galaxy don't own a piece of him at all so you it's not even like you could sell him right now to a team and and make any money there's really no tie to the la galaxy except that he plays for the la galaxy academy and would allow the la galaxy to homegrown him so that's the only real reach the la galaxy can do and that's the only thing that i could see to keep him so keep an eye on this don't be surprised if he goes to some uh mexican team quite honestly i think there's been a lot of interest yeah i mean it, it makes it makes sense um and they will have the money and be able to bring him him into their academy or you know their their lower division side sort of to be able to bring along whereas the money probably isn't at la galaxy 2 to land him at la galaxy 2 and do that plus you got diop at la galaxy 2 which i think the galaxy are still interesting in uh developing and you know there's always a chance that the la galaxy decide to bring in no keepers and it's a it's a playoff between andrew wolf Overton um, and, uh, Brian, and Rowe. Brian Rowe and, and Diop gets in there as well. I think that he would have a chance at a starting role as well. So I think if you look at all those things, that can all possibly happen and, and that could do it as well. All right. So that's it. That's the end of the season for 2015 for the LA Galaxy. This is how this podcast has always gone. We always do a, a wrap-up show at the end of the season to sort of let you know what's going on and sort of what you can expect. So I'll tell you what you can expect from this podcast. There will be no scheduled weekly podcast from here on out because quite honestly, it's always nice for Josh to have a little bit of a break. Uh, I know, Wendy, you can take a break as well, writing for Corner of the Galaxy, now doing some co-hosting stuff as well. Uh, You get a break. All of our people deserve a break, and quite honestly, this is the best time. I will tell you, however, that if breaking news comes about, if something exciting happens that it's pretty hard to keep me away from the microphone and, and to tell you guys about it. So it's something that you can expect to to watch. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. That is where you will be notified of all of these different things. Um, this live event that we're able to do directly from the LA Gal- or from the Corner of the Galaxy website should continue. Um, it looks like it's been working. People have been listening. So please go to cornerofthegalaxy.com forward slash live. If you want to listen in live, we will eventually add the phone number there so that way you guys can call in live. I don't want it to be about me. It's about you guys. I know you have... A lot of uh, input into what this LA Galaxy team should should be, and quite honestly, you deserve to have your voices heard. So we're going to continue that as well. So no scheduled shows for a little while. I won't be gone. I'll be on. I'll be on Twitter and I'll be doing stuff and you can find all of us and we'll still be following the news and we'll still be arguing with each other uh, to figure out basically what this LA Galaxy team needs to do. But as we go, a little bit of a break for the podcast, we'll be re- revamping some things and doing some different things with the uh, the podcast as we go forward. So um, let's see. I need to thank people. So Wendy, thank you, first of all, for writing for Corner of the Galaxy because that's been huge. <laughs> and then thank you for coming on as a co-host too. You've been a great addition. So, so thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. 
Thank you. And then uh, Jared Dubois, obviously, and Corey Ritzow, obviously, uh, have always been uh, great co-hosts, and they'll continue to be around as well, so don't go anywhere. All the guests that we've had here on Corner of the Galaxy spend a lot of time of their own personal time to come on this podcast um, and talk to us about the team. Um, everybody from Taylor Twelman, you know, Alexi Lawless, Brian Dunseth, um, and everybody else in between, including a lot of the local uh, press guys, Kevin Baxter, Scott French, um, you know, you guys have all been really great with uh, with sort of coming on the show and talking to us about the team that you cover, Larry Morgan, and then LA Galaxy Insider Adam Serrano with Corner of the Galaxy from the Box have done a great job. Also want to thank Back Pocket Memory and Drop City Yacht Club for allowing us to play their music again without suing us. Uh, please, uh, Back Pocket Memory has a great album coming up, so you're going to want to follow uh, follow them on Twitter. It's Back Pocket Memory with no vowels, all right? Back Pocket Memory, no vowels on Twitter, and you can find out about their shows and how it goes. Uh, thank you to the LA Galaxy PR all right, those guys have been great. Brendan Hannon, uh, Chris Glidden, uh, Chris Thomas over on the uh, on the digital side. Uh, Brad, who I can never say his last name right. So Brad, uh, you've been great as well. Everybody over at the LA Galaxy front office has just been amazing. Vicky Mercado as well. Um, just so great with this podcast, getting us a ton of interviews this year. We really started out with almost an interview every single week from players or coaches. So thank you to everybody who had those times as well. All right, that about does it for uh, for this one. Wendy, do you want to go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you in this in this downturn right now so that way they can make sure that they still stay up on their galaxy banter yes well i'm always on twitter so i am i am at bards blonde on twitter and even though i won't be uh writing for cog in the off season i'll probably start writing again when we get closer to the start of the new season and i also write articles for american soccer now so you can find me there all right if you're looking for me on twitter my personal one is at jguessman j-g-u-e-s-m-a-n please go there go to the website corner the galaxy.com that's where you can catch all of our live shows all the fun that we have there uh, you can check it out right here. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Corner of the Galaxy, iTunes, Corner of the Galaxy, soon to be coming Google Play, Corner of the Galaxy right there as well. So all you Android listeners on Google Play, you'll be able to have us there as well. So uh, it was a disappointing season. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but you know what? The LA Galaxy will rebuild. They'll come back, probably be better than ever, and have so much fun doing it. Uh, I guess it's, that's it for until uh, January 21st or somewhere in between. Whenever there's big news, we'll make sure that we tell you about it right here on Corner of the Galaxy. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Certainly appreciate it. For Wendy Thomas, I'm Josh Gessman. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Corner of the Galaxy and its related podcasts are part of Backheel.com. Backheel.com is a collection of soccer podcasts and multimedia offerings covering soccer around the world. You can follow them at backheel.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you here again. Until then, I'm Michael Arago, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye. Everybody.